Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Pat Spicer, a priest of the Diocese of Cleveland. Welcome, Father. Oh, thank you very much. We're going to continue our discussion from the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church, about what we believe as Catholics. And today we're going to talk about the Eighth Commandment, You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Father 452 of the UCAT asks, What does the Eighth Commandment require of us? Yes, and um, initially, just like you know, the UCAT unfolds. Uh, the UCAT is teaching us not the, the not to lie. <laughs> you know, straightforward as it could be, but you know, the idea of again consciously and, and intentionally speaking out against the truth, and uh, this comes to a part where um, we knowingly misrepresent the truth, uh, misapply the truth, and. Uh, and the idea being here too that uh, you know that that God knows our hearts more than we know our own hearts, and then when we intentionally do something, that's uh, the mark of the sin, is that we intentionally misrepresent the truth, uh, for you know typically for pride, uh, for whatever reasons they might be. Um, so that's the that's the key word there is to, uh, not to lie, but the idea of being intentionally consciously. Uh, not acting in accordance with what we know is to be right. Mm-hmm. So it necessarily doesn't, I guess what I'm getting at, it doesn't necessarily have to be simply uh, speech. It could be nonverbal as much as it could be uh, verbal, interestingly enough. Okay. Uh, well, I found myself in a dilemma uh, one time. My wife got her hair done, and I didn't like it at all. Okay. And she was so happy, and she asked me what I thought. Okay. And unfortunately, I told her the truth. <laughs> yes. And I think in that situation, would it have been okay, as far as God's concerned, if I would have told a little white lie and said, "Oh, honey, your hair looks terrific. I, you know, it's really, right. it really looks nice," even though in reality I didn't like it at all. What? How should I have handled that? That's a great point. It's, it's, it goes back to that misrepresentation of the, of the truth. What is the truth? Um, and, you know, to answer that question, I, I love a story here. And uh, sometimes the story has helped us to, uh, to really understand things. Um, and to relay the story, it's a ship at sea. You have a, a captain of the ship uh, is in charge of the, of the ship log that day. And one of his, his first mate is drunk, is, is, is found to be drunk. And so he tells the first mate, hey, I'm going to have to write in a log that you were drunk. The first mate pleads with him, captain, please, please, please don't do this. This is, you know... And the captain says, no, this is something I have to do. This is something a part of my position. My office has forced me to brighten the log that you were intoxicated on this day. Okay. Day two on the ship. Guess who's in charge of the log? The first mate. The first mate goes to the, to the log and says, the captain was not drunk today. Now, if someone reads that log, they're going to read day one and day two. They're going to, everything that that uh, first mate wrote on day two was correct. It was right. It was, it was but was it truth? 
it misrepresented it, it misguided the readers to think something entirely different. Getting back to the whole analogy of the, uh, or not even the, the real practical about uh, you and your wife that exchange, what is going to bring us closer to Jesus Christ? What is going to help us understand God working in the, through the, the, the relationship here? You know, it's a great question. So I think it, it would have been to tell her how nice her hair looked. Uh, get, because she thought it looked nice. Absolutely. She wanted my opinion, and I should have uh, I should have used a little more discretion, maybe, and and not been so truthful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Father, four fifty three. The UCAT asks, "What does our relationship to the truth have to do with God?" Yeah, it's uh, again just reading a word for here. Living in respect for the truth means not only being true to oneself, it means being truthful, being true to God. Uh, understanding that is that is our true homeland. Understanding that we're never really going to be at peace until we really, you know, surrender to that within us, that uh, the God within us. And uh, I think the farthest we go from that, the farthest we sort of lose respect for the truth. Um, and if you're going to, you know, for instance, if you're going to remove truth, the first thing you're going to have to do is er, remove the creator, the, the one that, uh, who, who, who is truth, who is love, who is mercy. So truth and God, interesting, there's an intricate, intimate connection between the two. And so, um, you know, being true to yourself, being true, uh, being truthful to God, being truthful to his, the, the gospel, uh, in and of itself is God and truth. Everything like Jesus brought, everything he showed us leads to the mercy of God. And again, that, that idea that Jesus helps us to understand that we're never going to be at peace until we surrender to that truth. And of course, Jesus himself is the truth uh, personified because he said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Exactly. And an interesting one, too, is that there was mention of Jesus that there's no duplicity with him. Uh, how he was with the tax collectors was how he was with his apostles, and how he was with his apostles was how he was with, with, with his mother. This idea that there is no, you're not going to find, oh, you know, Jesus in Las Vegas, or, you know, that what happens in Vegas, what happens, you know, that Jesus over here is over there. He's, no, Jesus, there was no duplicity with him. There was the one, the true uh, person of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. 454, the UCAN asks, how strongly obligatory is the truth of the faith? Yeah, again, reading word from word right out of the UCAD here, but every Christian must give testimony to the truth and therefore follow after the example of Christ. You know, this is interesting, going back to the verbal and nonverbal, every Christian, what does it mean to give testimony to the truth? You know, sometimes even the question, what is the truth? And what does it mean to give testimony to that truth? And this is uh, this is a person-to-person basis. You know, a, a 65-year-old uh, Little League coach <laughs> is going to have a different understanding or different example of what that testimony is as opposed to an 18-year-old who is just starting college today, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, that we're all obligated to give testimony to that truth. That uh, everyone, I always look at the example of, when we leave this earth and we're face to face with God, would he, would Jesus see the marks? Would he, would he recognize his marks in us? 
I think it's a great example to say, you know, how uh, did we live that life? Um, did we did we sort of uh, very and actually very practically take in the, the marks of Jesus? You know, giving to the poor, uh, sticking up for the vulnerable, the voiceless. When we're face to face with God, would Jesus, you know, would He recognize that in us? Well, that's what we talked about on the way over, Father. Is we have a commitment to live our lives as if we really believe that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, and that we really believe that He loves us and that He's with us and that He has a plan for our lives. We have to live every day as if we really believe it. Exactly. And that's the truth. That's the reality. It's not uh, a head knowledge, mm-hmm. just, yes, we have to intellectually understand that God loves us, but it's in the heart. Exactly. Do we really believe God loves us? And if we do, are we thinking, speaking, and acting as if we are in harmony with that reality of God's love and his mercy and his grace for us? Right. And again, we're still, we're all sinners in need of the mercy of God. However, uh, as Father Joe was fond of saying, he wants us to try to the best of our ability exactly. to follow after Christ as best we can. Exactly. We're all going to fall short of the glory of God, but however, every day we have to renew that commitment of following the truth who is Jesus Christ. Exactly. And I know a spiritual director once told me years ago, you know, the temptation is we, even in the spiritual life is to seek perfection. You know, the, the, you know God is looking for our uh, progress. He, he wants to see us continually growing day to day, getting closer and closer to God. You know, it's not about perfection. You know, Jesus died on the cross not to seek our perfection, but to seek our salvation. You know, to stop thinking like the wisdom of the world likes to apply these principles of perfection and even apply it in a spiritual life and then find us, try to find us wanting. But like you said, every Mass we begin, we're sinners. <laughs> every Mass we're hypocrites, but yet we're here. Mm-hmm. Because we recognize that we are sinners, but we're love sinners. That's not the end of the story. You know, the beginning of the story, image and likeness of God. Genesis, first book of the first, you know, you know, the, the, the continuing to live in that. But to remember that, and that's what's going to get us, uh, that's what powers us. That's what animates us. Well, that's why, what I love about going to confession uh, once a month is I'm forced to examine my conscience And in spite of the fact that I do consistently and constantly fall short of perfection, that in spite of that, I can can get past it and still love God and love my neighbor as as best I can. Even though I know that it isn't a perfect love. Mm -hmm. I don't love uh, God or my neighbor perfectly. But, but hopefully I'm becoming more perfect as I grow yes. in my relationship with God. Striving to be perfect. Even like our gospel says, stri- you know, striving for the narrow gate. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love Jesus, even the words like you mentioned, confession. Jesus says, sin no more. <laughs> it doesn't say, hey, go out there and give it your best. This idea that, you know, go out there and sin no more because, you, because of who you are and because who God made you to be and because the... You know, that's the only place we're going to find true peace is when we surrender to that. Mm-hmm. So 455 asks, what does it mean to be truthful? Yes. I, I, hopefully that story uh, worked a little bit with the whole, you know, the idea of the first mate and the captain the, with the log. And I just was trying to show that, uh, you know, what does it really mean to be truthful? I, we have kids today that would sometimes they'll, they'll uh, you know, say something that was not very uh, charitable. And say, well, I'm just telling the truth, you know. Just I'm just being truthful, 
And I really, you know, when you hear that, you really say, what is the truth? You know, it's not, it's not facts. It's not random facts that have happened. Truth, the only truth that we know is that we're made in the image and likeness of God and that Jesus loved us and gave us his body and blood. I mean, these are the truths of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in relation to that, that's, that's where truth resides. Uh, in, in our love for so each other. So in other words, being sincere and honest, but with charity. E- even though somebody might be messing up and, and it's not my job to point that out to them, we need to, to be truthful with love and charity. Absolutely. Be the incarnation of Jesus Christ, who was the truth. Awesome. We've been listening to Father Pat Spicer, a priest of the Diocese of Cleveland. Father, could we have your priestly blessing on the listeners, please? Sure. Good and loving God, we ask for your blessing upon all those that are listening to this radio station, that, that they all may be helped by the truth of, your Lord, of what your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ taught to us. So again, we ask for this peace, this mercy, to rest in the hearts of all listeners. And we make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. And don't forget about the Living Bread Radio app for your Apple or Android device. It's for free on iTunes or your Google Play Store. Just look for Living Bread Radio. Until next time, this has been Tim Perry reminding you you're only one good confession away from receiving Jesus in the Eucharist. Bye for now. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.